And now, The Mentors, one of the most popular and unique shows on the radio today. Each week, one of our four remarkable CEOs, including Tom Lord, John Phillips, and Rick Brutico, will challenge your thinking about life and work. Sought after for their success and for consistently putting people first, treating employees and customers with respect, and helping others succeed, now these same CEOs, the mentors, want to help you achieve your highest level of profitability, success, and personal fulfillment in life, at work, and in business. Now, here's your mentor. Well, hello, and welcome to the Mentors Radio Show. I'm Rick Brutico, your mentor host. If you're a repeat listener to The Mentors, you know our goal is to challenge your thinking about life and work. Today's guest challenges my thinking on how he could have, had a, have accomplished so much, so varied and so uniquely business-oriented. He truly is a renaissance man. It makes it hard to title this show, so I call this show author, radio show host, CEO, business consultant, and startup CEO of Origin Entertainment. My guest mentor is Dick Lyles, and my main question to him is, wow, what led you to do all these things, go in all these directions, and end up somehow in the movie industry? And of course, how does one go up start, how does one go about starting, rather, I should say, starting up against the media giants of Hollywood? Dick has authored many books, including the bestseller Winning Ways, which has been translated into 40 languages worldwide. This promises to be an interesting and exciting show. This is truly a wise person who meets my personal description of wisdom, which is, for you listeners know, knowledge modified by experience over time. And for me, work, in fact, life, is just about wisdom. So write down this number, 844-610-8265. That's 844-610-TALK. Call at any time, 24-7, and leave a comment or a question for any of us or our guests. I'm confident Dick will challenge our thinking today. Also, you can listen to this or any of the shows at www.thementorsradio.com, as well as read the show notes from today or any of our shows. That's www.thementorsradio.com. But enough of the business talk. Let's meet Dick Lyles. Hello, Dick. Hi, Rick. How are you today? I'm really great, Dick. And I I think uh, I need to tell our listeners that I've known Dick for a long time. And like so many of the people I, I interview, I'm such a big believer that experience counts. And so um, I try to choose people that I've worked with and I know have good reputations. And boy, Dick sure meets that. Um, my, In light of full disclosure, I should also say that, uh, you know, you and I are on a board together. I know you did a radio show for, what, five or six years, maybe longer than that. And your career is just amazingly varied. So I'm wondering if, to get started, you can just give us some highlights, because I really want to get and talk about Origin Entertainment. Well, a few of my career highlights are that I went to the U.S. Naval Academy in Annapolis, graduated from there, went into the fleet, um, served uh, several tours in Vietnam, uh, was tapped into a program that Admiral Zumwalt was starting way back uh, when, to bring Navy leadership practices into modern-day uh, time. So I worked with a consortium of faculty members from the Harvard Business School and the Sloan School of Management at MIT to develop a new leadership paradigm for the Navy. That kind of launched me into management consulting. So I left the Navy, became a consultant, done that for 30 or 40 years, uh, consulted in just about every industry throughout the world, and um, I've written nine books. Like you mentioned, Winning Ways was translated into over 40 languages globally and um, was doing a, a lot of really exciting things and um, got to a point where I could pretty much pick and choose what I wanted to do, uh, like a lot of people um, eventually are able to do. And uh, so we decided uh, to basically put our efforts into developing a positive impact for the culture. So I ended up at Origin Entertainment with my partner, Jamie Volt, and um, we're making uh, good, family-friendly, inspirational movies for the big screen that will uh, hopefully make people feel better about themselves and better about the world around them as a result of having watched one of our movies. 
Well, that's great. And that is exactly where I want to talk about. But I need to just make a comment. As, as, as many years as I've known you, I don't think I've ever told you that um, Admiral Zumwalt was a personal friend of mine. Uh, this was after he retired. We spent many, many days working when he was involved in the the uh, health uh, institute uh, because it, because I think you know his son passed away and he was very very uh, involved in that and he was just a wonderful man and working with him I can only tell you that's working with the best but going on to you which is even more exciting um, I, I I'm wondering you know Dick so it's kind of interesting that you selected this this path to go down to, to uh, the movie industry, but it's got to be such a huge transition. I mean, where did you first get the bug? Was it was it being an author? Was it being on the radio? Where, where did the bug come to be in the media so much? Well, actually, I was speaking at a writer's conference, and uh, I was speaking about nonfiction when my first bestseller was uh, becoming a global bestseller. That was the book Winning Ways. And uh, there was another uh, person there who was speaking about screenwriting and had started a program in Hollywood to work with screenwriters who wanted to do inspirational and family-friendly movies. So I got in, uh, I attended her presentation and enjoyed it and got involved with that, eventually ended up being on the board of directors of that organization, and then was eventually introduced to uh, to my partner at Origin Entertainment, Jamie Volk, who uh, really gets it and got it, wants to make the right kind of movies that really touch the world in a very special way. So Jamie wanted to focus on the production and, and uh, the creative side of things, putting, putting the movies on the big screen and asked me if I would help with the business side of things and we could do something special. So uh, we launched down that path and... Uh, we have a whole slate of movies that's now coming into production uh, starting this year. And uh, after kind of a long haul, it takes a long time to put movies together and to package them and get them ready to go into production. But uh, we're finally doing that this year and should have some really exciting movies coming up in the next couple of years. And we want to talk about those two as time goes on. We just have a little more time left now in this segment, but I am interested in uh, another coincidence that I never knew about you. If you said what you said, I'm assuming you were somehow involved with Act One and Barbara Nicolosi. Is that correct? Yes, that's exactly right. Yes. And that's a long time ago. I mean, yes, it, yes, yes. It, I at least 10 years? With uh, Act One. I was one of the founding board members of Act One back in 2000. And one, when it yeah. first became its own 501c3 nonprofit. I served on that board for 10 years. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. I, I interacted with Barbara a number of times, but but in a totally different way. But it was all about Act One and her trying to get that started. But I'm just thinking, so it took you almost 15 years to go from the, the little wave that kind of said, maybe you're interested in this, to where you actually put both feet and jumped in. And, and I think that's an important point. Somehow we don't know how and when we're going to get the inspiration. And somehow the inspiration takes a while to execute. But you're a good example. If you stick to it, stay focused on it and decide to do it, it stays with you and you end up going where you're supposed to go. Well, it, 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 the decision that kind of pushed us over the edge uh, was uh, occurred back in actually about uh, – 12, 13 years ago now, we're back actually. Dick, Dick let, me, let me interrupt you, Dick. Dick, let me interrupt you. We're really running out of time in this segment. So would you hold that? That's a perfect place for us to come back. So stick with us, please. Dick's going to tell us how he got this inspiration and what put him over the edge to be a movie producer. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented MyPillow, I wanted it to where you could move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. MyPillow will get you into that deep sleep faster, and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed. It's about how much of that quality sleep we get. 
I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. MyPillow is now offering 50% off their four-pack special plus free shipping. Go to MyPillow.com or call 1-800-890-6632, 1-800-890-6632, and use promo code MENTORS. That's 50% off plus free shipping. Don't delay. Order now. Imagine waking up and walking just eight steps to your work. No commute, no traffic. You set your own hours, full-time or part-time. Your choice. Supplement your income, replace your income. It's up to you. Hopeinacan.com can help you get there. These aren't empty promises. When Catherine, a popular hairstylist back east, became ill and needed different work, she became part of the Hope in a Can team. Within two years, she not only regained her health, but also more than replaced her income. Mary, a nurse and mother of nine in the Midwest, quit nursing to be with her family and work from home. Her income put nine children through college. A near-retirement dentist is happily building a post-retirement business. What are your goals? Call now, toll-free to learn more. 855-921-HOPE. That's 855-921-HOPE. Or go to hopeinacan.com. That's hopeinacan.com. Hopeinacan.com. And now, back to The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. Welcome back. If you've just joined us, you're listening to The Mentors Radio. I'm your mentor host for today, Rick Brudico. We're talking with Renaissance man Dick Lyles, a teacher, a consultant, an author, a CEO, and now a movie mogul. So right before the break, Dick was telling us how he got the idea back in around 2000, 2001, something like that, got introduced to this through an organization called Act One, where he sat on the board. And now he's about to say what was the real thing that put him over the top that caused him to jump into this industry 15 years later. So, Dick, can you pick it up for us? Well, back in 2001, I got involved with Act One, as I mentioned before, and that was to um, help really develop screenwriters who wanted to write wholesome, family-friendly and inspirational projects for the big screen. Then in 2004, um, I ended up in a coma on life support, and uh, the doctors said there was no hope. There was nothing else they could do, and that was it. So um, my wife started praying and asked people all over the world to start praying for me, and two days later, miraculously, um, I had a miraculous recovery. And it wasn't anything the doctors did. It was, uh, we believe, solely through the power of prayer. So based on that, we said, you know, we really want to get, since we've been given this extension to live our lives here on Earth together, we want to make sure we get it right. And so um, one of the things that we looked at was, my sort of increasing involvement in uh, making wholesome screenplays and movies um, through my contributions to Act One. But then we said, you know, maybe there are better ways to do that. And so uh, we, we decided we really wanted to make a positive impact on the culture. And that uh, basically, if you want to make a positive impact on the culture today, movies is one of the best ways to do that. I mean, it's the art form today that is uh, most widely disseminated and has the potential to most widely impact um, more people than any other art form today. And so uh, we eventually then, a a couple of years later, uh, met Jamie Volk, as I mentioned before, my partner, and uh, decided down this path together. And it's been a wonderful journey. Um, um, We've made a couple of movies that have been... uh, really uh, widely acclaimed uh, short ones to this point in time. We did a documentary on uh, the beginnings of the universe um, in 3D called Cosmic Origins, and then recently we did a short movie, um, a short drama, live-action drama actually, 14 and a half minutes, on um, euthanasia that's been uh, accepted into 28 film festivals globally and won awards in 18 of them, major awards in 18 of them, won Best Drama at the Los Angeles Independent Filmmakers Association um, recently. So 
Uh, and now we've got our major projects ready to roll into production. And so we really think that this is the best way that we can have a positive impact that will leave a, a positive impact on the culture for generations to come. So we're really looking this at looking at this as a way to create a legacy, a lasting legacy. So, so what is Jamie's background? Just for our, I'm curious. In other words, because I have a kind of a follow-up question that something you just Jamie's said. a great guy. He's a serial entrepreneur. Started his first business when he was 15 years old in high school. He started a skateboard business, and that was a storefront skateboard business that was very successful. And then went on to college and went several more businesses and so forth. Was actually a competitive snowboarder for a while, wow. but um, <laughs> had a. Uh, a digital uh, news magazine uh, company that reported on film festivals through video clips and stuff uh, globally that was very successful. And so he's been a serial entrepreneur, and then about 10, 15 years ago, he decided that he wanted to go into full feature film production. So he went into feature film production, and um, that's when we met, so we did it together. Now, is, is, does he have any, I mean, as a background, it sounds like he wasn't in film before you met him, but uh, what, what I'm kind of curious was, did he have the same kind of an event in his life, maybe not as dramatic as yours, but something that caused, uh, caused him, as it has caused you, to focus more towards, let's call it the ethical side of things? No, I think he more or less merged into it just because out of... Um, you know, that's what he wanted to do. He was doing a lot of short-form content with his uh, with his digital magazine uh, company and then decided he wanted to do more long-form stuff. And then um, really strong with his Christian values, and so he decided he wanted to do it in ways that were wholesome and impacted the culture in a very positive way. So we're making movies that are not necessarily... Um, on the nose uh, with certain kinds of values, but we're making movies that will appeal uh, to the global view- viewing audience uh, across all demographic lines, uh, but in, in such a way that will inspire them so they'll feel better about themselves and better about the world around them as a result of having watched one of our movies. Well, and I want to continue on that thought too, but let me just back up just a second because something that we talk a lot about on the Mentors Radio both me and the other mentor hosts. Um, and that is that, you know, there's a real, I think we've all experienced, and I'm going to ask you your experience in a second here, but we've all experienced that doing business the right way, um, doing what's right's right and what's wrong is wrong and avoiding the wrong and trying to do the right, not just necessarily legal that you can sneak through, but looking at the underlying ethical values, the real value of things, of what it is you're doing, um, not only is the right way, as I said before, but it, it tends to make things work better. Maybe instantly it doesn't seem like that when you when you lose a contract or something like that. But as soon as you w- w- ride it out for the long run, you usually find that that right decision turned out right for you. Now, I'm just wondering, have you ever had that kind of experience in any of your very, you know, broad experience from the Navy on up? Oh, absolutely, and it's a major driver between um, involved in what what we're doing now and the decisions we've made. I'd really like to uh, elaborate a little bit on um, on that with um, some of the movies we've made now, because we could cut corners and make lousy movies, which is what a lot of people do, and it's why Hollywood is in such dire straits right now, is because there are too many people who are too willing to cut corners and and make bad movies. Making movies is hard, so why would you want to do it and then come up with something that isn't magnificent? Well, well, isn't there, but aren't there, and I do, and I want to kind of go through all the movies maybe in the next segment because we only got a couple minutes left in this one. But, um, so, just just so the, so all of us, the listeners have, to you listening to you, that is, all of us have an idea um, what, what would the budget be like for a film? Was it, what, you know, is it 50 million, 75 million, 250 million? What kind of numbers do we look like? Well, we're not making movies in the 50, 75, million dollar range. That's for the big major studios, the small independent studios. One of our movies that we're making now, we're taking into production uh, in a couple months. Actually, we just started pre-production this week. 
is a $12 million movie. We've got another one that we'll do for eight, and then another one we'll do for just under five. And, well, I, uh, I kind of gave you a sucker punch there, Dick, because I, I knew your movies were lower budget, and I wanted to, I, I really want to dwell on that a bit, too. I mean, uh, we had uh, we had my son on, uh, uh, I don't know what, a few shows back, who works in Hollywood, and I think you've met him, actually. And, you know, their budgets are in the hundreds of millions of dollars. How do you even make a movie and still able to produce it? And I hate to do this to you, but we only got about a minute for your answer. Well, I... I think there's you know, the answer to the question is with today's technology, you can make really great movies inexpensively if you're frugal and creative in how you do it. You, it depends on what kind of movie it is and what the elements are and a lot of things uh, like that. Uh, if, if you don't have a lot of uh, graphics and special effects, then you don't have to pay a lot of money for it. If you don't have a, a huge cast with... Uh, you know, a lot of A-list actors, you don't have to pay a lot of money for it. There's a lot of ways, that, and there's a lot of good actors out there, and there's incredibly talented uh, cinematographers, uh, directors of photography, uh, editors, all that kind of stuff. And so it's just a question of, of really saying we're going to make something magnificent and we're not going to uh, throw money at it. You know, a lot, of it, a lot of these movies that people throw a lot of money at don't turn out to be good movies. Money is not necessarily a primary indicator of success. Boy, is that the truth, and having a lot of companies felt that pain. Well, we're up against the break again, Dick, so let's stick with us, audience, because right after the break, we're going to have Dick tell us some more about how the business side of this works. Americans have been traveling down the health insurance highway for decades. But lately, it's been taking us to places we don't want to go. For Christians, it's hard to know which road to take. Or is it? Samaritan Ministries provides a different direction, a biblical path for their members to pray for each other and share financially in each other's medical needs. This idea that Samaritan has adopted from the book of Acts should permeate all parts of our lives, not just health sharing. We, as a body of believers, are living out New Testament Christianity. This is what God intended for the church. Looking for a new direction for your health care? Join the hundreds of thousands of Samaritan Ministries members who are faithfully sharing millions of dollars in medical needs each month. For more information, visit us online at SamaritanMinistries.org. That's SamaritanMinistries.org. Are you struggling with how to practice your faith at work? Get answers to your questions and much more on the Catholic Business Journal. Focusing on careers and business with a Catholic perspective. That's CatholicBusinessJournal.biz. The Catholic Business Journal, generating a return on principle. CatholicBusinessJournal.biz. CatholicBusinessJournal.biz. This is a church, a church that might be like yours, with beautiful stained glass windows. Through the years, time and weather took their toll, so the people in this church went online and found Willethauser Architectural Glass. Willethauser did a free inspection and evaluation of the church's windows. Then their craftsmen, with over 120 years of stained glass design and restoration experience, brought the church's stained glass windows back to life. Willethauser.com There's a new book out that will open your eyes in ways you never expected. It's called Bully of Asia by Stephen W. Mosier, a critically acclaimed author and internationally recognized authority on China. In Bully of Asia, you'll find insightful and timely commentary on the economic and geopolitical rise of the People's Republic of China. You'll learn what China's aspirations for resurgence and hegemony mean for America and the free world. Bully of Asia is a must-read for anyone concerned about China's growing power and influence, and the threat of an increasingly aggressive and militaristic China poses to Western democratic values. To get your copy of Bully of Asia, go to bullyofasia.com. That's bullyofasia.com. Find out why China's dream is the new threat to world order. Bullyofasia.com. And now, 
Back to the Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. Welcome back. Glad to have you back. This is Rick Brutico, your mentor host for today. I'm talking with Dick Lyles. We're really into the excitement of this Renaissance man's career. At least what I find terribly exciting is that is how do you get into the movie business, making first-run films, and I want to pick it up right where we left off, right before the break. Dick's budgets are in the low millions, and his competition for theaters, etc., are in the hundreds of millions. So, Dick, help us out with the business side of this, please. Well, you know, as we were talking about before, and it's something I really want to underscore, is um, throwing money at a movie doesn't necessarily make it good. And that's what a lot of people think um, Think the secret is, is uh, high-budget movies automatically going to be successful. And actually, extremely high-budget movies are incredibly high risk. In fact, higher risk than the low-budget movies because you have to make so much money to make them back. A good example, uh, you may remember, oh, gee, it's been probably 10 years or so ago now that uh, the movie Australia was released, and it was a real extravagant uh, production um, that it had Nicole Kidman, uh, Hugh Jackman. I mean, it had all the A-list actors at the time who were the hottest actors going. Uh, Bob Lerman directed. I mean, it was just this incredibly elaborate production. $130 million they spent making that movie. And it grossed less than $50 million at the box office because it was a bad movie. Um, you know, it was a horrible story. Uh, there was no real story in it. Uh, each of the actors got to, um, you know, modify the script uh, to put scenes in it that they wanted about themselves that had nothing to do with the story. And, I mean, you could just go on and on and on. It had incredible special effects and graphics. It had an incredible budget. It was an amazing, you know, a huge expense movie and it lost over $100 million. And that's just one example. I could name dozens of those, and it's one of the reasons why so many people are oftentimes leery about um, investing in movies, because they say, well, movies don't make money. Well, they're right. Bad movies don't make money. But good movies do make money. There really isn't any any reason at all why people in the industry can't put forth good work. I mean, they're, they're incredibly talented people in every single aspect of the profession. There's great actors. There's great, you know, you don't have to be a, an A-list actor to be a great actor. You just have to be famous. And um, so what happens is, is that people in the industry, uh, you know, when you look at the different kinds of ratings, it gives you a good insight to this. Um, people say, if you talk to people in the industry and say, why do you make so many R-rated movies? I think three-fourths of the movies that are produced are R-rated movies, yet they're the, the, the least profitable of all. If you look at the average G-rated movie, it makes over $108 million in net profits. If you look at the average PG movie, it makes over $63 million in net profit. PG-13 makes $58 million in net profit. And the average R-rated movie makes $12 million in net profit. And so it's eight times as much. G-rated movies make eight times as much. If you look at the Motion Picture Association of America report every year on earnings of movies and, and how they fared at the box office, 23 of the top 25 movies are all PG or PG-13 or, or uh, G. They're either G, PG, or PG-13. Only two or three every year are R-rated movies, yet they're most of the movies that are produced. And so it, it's the only industry in the world where the people who make the decisions about what products to produce and sell make decisions based on facts other than what the audience wants and what makes money. Yeah. They make a decision on what they want to make based on what they want to make, and they don't care if they lose money. Yeah. Well, you know, you're, you're, well, you know, it's that idea that it's art, you know, and everybody's view of art is something different. But uh, what I what goes through my mind when you tell me that is as soon as you start doing it, I mean, I've got uh, six kids, 11 grandkids, and automatically, if it's a, if it's an R-rated movie, if it's even a aggressive movie with violence in it, even if it's not R-rated, you're cutting out 11, 12, 15, 18 of my family that would even go. 
So from the from the spectrum of the size of the audience, you're much more likely to go to a family friendly, good story that that entices you to sit there for an hour and a half or so to watch a film that you enjoy. I mean, look at things like Mary Poppins and things like that. You come out feeling happy, for goodness sake. Yeah, you do. You come out. And so that's what Origins brand is. Origins brand is what we call transformative entertainment. We want to make movies that cause people to feel better about themselves and better about the world around them as a result of having watched one of our films. And we write inspirational stories about the good, the true, and the beautiful, stories about true heroism that really touch people's hearts in a very special way and bring out the best in the human condition, not the worst in it. This whole dark side that Hollywood is going down about bringing out the worst side in, in, in the human condition, even in the political arena with the statements, the stands they're taking in politics and all that sort of thing, it's just crazy. It just doesn't make sense. It's, um, it, it, it's just out of whack with the reality that exists in the world and what people really want from Hollywood. And you think they get it because the, the theaters aren't full all the time. I mean, half a few times, I don't go to the movies a lot, I must admit, but half the time I go, you know, there's like 30, 40 people in there. It's, 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 they're missing the boat and nobody's, nobody's telling them or, no, or they're not realizing it or they just choose to pay no attention. Yeah, yeah. And, and people have, have just become cynical about going to movies for that reason. I mean, there are a lot of times that we used to, you know, sort of a weekend night, you know, let's go to a movie tonight or something like that. And then we would go and look and there wouldn't be anything worth watching. Now we don't even do it anymore. We don't right. even say, let's look so at a movie true, anymore. Dick. So true, Dick. So true. Because we know we're not going to find anything. Yeah. That's very, very true. Uh, Dick, uh, we just got about a minute and a half left. I wanted to ask you about this before we leave this. It seems to me that one of the things that Origins is trying to do, you, you use the words transform entertainment. Um, I think it's, and, I, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think I hear you saying it's not about, you know, preaching some sort of lifestyle or even uh, any kind of religious beliefs. It's about just doing something that has value. Is that correct? No, our, our movies are not preaching or on the nose about anything. Our movies reflect wholesome values and uh, are designed to inspire people. But they're the kind of movies that everybody would like, they're the kind of people that, that would inspire people everywhere. We're making a movie about Haley Scott, who was a high school, who was a all-American high school swimmer, was paralyzed from the waist down in a bus crash her freshman year of college, and then made a remarkable comeback only to have the pins out of her back explode and have to go through all of it again and then still made another comeback. And she was told she would never walk again, and she ended up swimming and competing and winning her first race back. And it's just an incredible story of hope and inspiration and courage uh, of this wonderful young woman who just uh, is an example for everybody. And well, so don't don't tell them don't tell them the solution yet because we're coming up to break again, and I would like to hear about what happens to Haley and and how you guys are doing it. But before that, let's also talk about how you get the mon- money to do this kind of a thing. So stick with us, and we're going to be talking to Dick Lyles, and he's going to talk some more about the business side, and then tell us some of the upcoming plots. In classrooms across America, students are not learning the same history you did. Last year, McGraw-Hill apologized for calling slave trade immigration, and a popular world history textbook devotes a full chapter to Islam and Muhammad, but only a few sentences to Christianity and Christ. Recent federal testing shows students are far worse in knowledge of U.S. history than in math. Only 12% of high school students are proficient in U.S. history. Today's history textbooks not only fail to engage, they favor political correctness over true history. This is a serious problem that has a far-reaching impact on our culture and our future. What are your kids and grandkids learning? At CatholicTextbookProject.com, you'll find fresh, accurate, engaging history textbooks. Used in Catholic schools in more than 60 dioceses, these textbooks are highly praised by all, even award-winning secular university professors. Go to CatholicTextbookProject.com to find out why. Americans have been traveling down the health insurance highway for decades. But lately, it's been taking us to places we don't want to go. For Christians, it's hard to know which road to take. 
or is it? Samaritan Ministries provides a different direction, a biblical path for their members to pray for each other and share financially in each other's medical needs. This idea that Samaritan has adopted from the book of Acts should permeate all parts of our lives, not just health sharing. We, as a body of believers, are living out New Testament Christianity. This is what God intended for the church. Looking for a new direction for your health care? Join the hundreds of thousands of Samaritan Ministries members who are faithfully sharing millions of dollars in medical needs each month. For more information, visit us online at SamaritanMinistries.org. That's SamaritanMinistries.org. And now, back to The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. Well, here we are talking with Dick Lyles. Now we're really focused on what he's doing today, which is producing value movies, movies that transform entertainment, transform our lifestyle in so many ways that are enjoyable. He's going to tell us some of those movies that are coming up. Uh, some that he's just starting to shoot and some that will be shot later this year and into next. But I want to also, for, for the entrepreneurs in us, I want to talk a little bit about how do you, I mean, even even if it's $15 million, how do you get started as, as an individual and get the money to do this? You know, walk into the local bank, Dick, and just say, give me a check. That's not going to happen. Uh, <laughs> traditional Never resources does. in Hollywood uh, these days uh, only fund established studio projects for the most part. They don't fund independent studios, independent pro- projects like ours. Um, and banks in general don't either. Um, so what you have to do is you have to raise uh, private equity. Uh, so let's say you have a $5 million budget, which is a small budget movie. Let's say you've got $5 million that you have to raise. We have to raise $3 million of that in private equity, people that are willing to invest. And then if it's a good movie and a good script and you have some good talent and a good director attached, you can um, borrow some money against uh, foreign pre-sales because certain people will commit to buy certain territories depending upon who the attachments are to the project. And then you can get uh, maybe some tax credits if you're going to film the movie in a state where they give you tax credits. So you can finance against the tax credits and you get the $5 million. But raising that money is really hard to do because you have to go to people who um, are basically outside the industry and ask them to invest in the project um, in hopes that it's going to make money. And it's a very difficult thing to do. Um, most And putting a movie together is really hard work. Actually, filming a movie is, um, well, the movie we're working on now is uh, a movie about Fatima, the story of Fatima. And we've been working on it for 10 years. You have to do the script, redo the script, work on the script to make sure it's good. And you have to go through and do a path on the script to make sure it's affordable, that you can afford to shoot all the scenes in the budget range that you want to make it. Then you have to begin to, then you have to find a director who you think uh, shares your vision for the movie. And, and uh, then you have to attach talent. In our case, our director is Marco Padacorvo, who comes from a long line of Italian filmmakers. His dad was one of the most famous directors in uh, Italy, and Marco came up through the ranks of cinematography. So he has a vision for the project that is really uh, stunning, and also he's worked with kids before, which is a consideration. And uh, just great. So so he's great. We're excited to have him. We have Harvey Keitel and Sonia Braga attached as a couple of the key roles, and getting them and getting their schedules aligned and all that sort of thing is, is, a, is a challenge and so forth. So this part of it we've been working on for close to 10 years. When we actually film the movie, we'll go into pre-production now and be in pre-production for 60 to 90 days, and then we'll film it for about 45 days, which is roughly six or seven weeks, and then it's over. The filming is over. So so actually making of the movie, uh, if you want to talk about the technology, the craft of movie making, well, then it goes into editing. The editing takes several months and so forth before it's released. 
but you know it's a it's a very short process of actually movie making and it's a very long process of actually packaging the film and putting it together and coming up with investors who share your vision and are willing to write a check to support that vision of course yeah, and isn't it always that way? I mean, in this situation, you really make me open my eyes because I think about all these things. And you're right, the movie. I mean, I realize it takes longer than an hour and a half to shoot, but you're watching something in the, on the cellulite, so to speak, for an hour and a half. But if the foundation isn't there, if the architectural drawings aren't there, your building's not going to stand. So yeah, we we probably do underestimate all the pre and post production stuff. My partner, Jamie, was uh, having a cup of coffee with Clint Eastwood uh, a couple months ago, and he was lamenting about how much time it took and how frustrating it was. And Clint uh, shared with him, he said, you know, it took me 11 years to produce Unforgiven after the script was finished. Wow, that's a long time. 11 years after the script was finished to produce Unforgiven. And I, you know, I told Jamie, I said, you know, I really don't want our stories to be about how long it takes to make our movies. I want our stories to be about how we were able to make good movies in a reasonable period of time. So let's work on that. And he, he agreed, of course. Uh, there's nothing we'd like better than to do them very quickly. But it just is very hard to do. It's very hard to do. This is one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life in the business world. So and, am I uh, to believe, am I to believe then, Dick, that you're under production or about to go under production with the movie you referred to as Fatima? We're going into production with Fatima. Um, the principal photography will start in um, late August or early September and last for 45 days. So we'll release it okay. next spring. So, so in that particular movie now, there, you know, those of us that know the story of Fatima, it's one thing. But how do you tell the story to people that not be, may not be familiar with it without making it a, a history lesson and make it something exciting that people want to watch? What's the gimmick there? What's the hook? Well, that's the challenge. The challenge is you have to understand what the story is. Now, in, 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 in filmmaking, story has a very different meaning than, um, than it does in, in life. A lot of people have very interesting lives, and they say, oh, I got a movie about his life. And then you say, well, what's the story? And they say, well, life's the story. And they say, yeah, but a story in a movie has to have a beginning, a middle, and an end. It has to uh, be able to, to be divided up into three acts. So every script is, is three acts. Uh, the first act is 30 pages, second act is 60 pages, and the third act is 30 pages. As a turning point in the middle, each act serves a specific purpose in the story to make the story a meaningful cinematic story and so forth. So a lot of the movies, like Australia, for example, that you saw, there wasn't really a story in a cinematic sense. The, the, the story was lost. There just wasn't a story. It was just a meandering sort of right. yep. image of what happened in, in Australia at one period of time. And that's not a cinematic story. So we always have to say, what's the story? Um, with the Haley Scott movie that I mentioned earlier about this who was injured and came back. You know, that's a story about Haley Scott. The movie's a Haley Scott story, but it's, it's a story of three or four years of her life where she uh, was on, you know, the fast track, an all-American uh, swimmer who was really at the top of her game, told she'd never walk again in a bus crash, then came back, and then uh, she just came back. The pins exploded out of her back. She ended up in the hospital again. Went through a couple of marathon surgeries. One of the three, she died during that surgery. Uh, came back to life and then um, ended up being totally demoralized. Got her spirit back, got her motivation back, came back and won her first beat back. And so there's a triumph. There's, there's, a, there's a time that happens at the end of the story that gives people hope that inspires people, that touches that place in our hearts, that we really want to do something special and be magnificent. So you have so to... So let's, let's cut it there, Dick. Let's cut it there. We're running out of time again. But when we come back, let's talk about all of these films that are coming up so the listeners have a chance to realize what's going coming down the pike. Stick with us. We're talking to Dick Lyles, movie maker, par excellence. 
I had like memory foams, I had feather pillows, and I'd always wake up with neck pain. After sleeping on my pillow, I didn't wake up with the headaches, I was more aligned. I didn't realize the connection between the pillow and sleep. When I switched to my pillow, I got a better night's sleep and I love it. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, inventor of MyPillow. My patented fill adjusts to your exact individual needs and it holds that support all night long to take the pressure off your shoulders and keep your neck aligned so you get the best night's sleep of your life. MyPillow is machine washable and dryable and comes with a 60-day money-back guarantee and an amazing 10-year warranty. Plus, every MyPillow is made in the USA. I personally guarantee that MyPillow will be the most comfortable pillow you'll ever own. MyPillow is now offering 50% off their four-pack special, plus free shipping. Go to MyPillow.com or call 1-800-890-6632 and use promo code MENTORS. That's 50% off plus free shipping. Don't delay. Order now. In classrooms across America, students are not learning the same history you did. Last year, McGraw-Hill apologized for calling slave trade immigration. And a popular world history textbook devotes a full chapter to Islam and Muhammad, but only a few sentences to Christianity and Christ. Recent federal testing shows students are far worse in knowledge of U.S. history than in math. Only 12% of high school students are proficient in U.S. history. Today's history textbooks not only fail to engage, they favor political correctness over true history. This is a serious problem that has a far-reaching impact on our culture and our future. What are your kids and grandkids learning? At CatholicTextbookProject.com, you'll find fresh, accurate, engaging history textbooks. Used in Catholic schools in more than 60 dioceses, these textbooks are highly praised by all, even award-winning secular university professors. Go to catholictextbookproject.com to find out why. There's a new book out that will open your eyes in ways you never expected. It's called Bully of Asia by Stephen W. Mosier, a critically acclaimed author and internationally recognized authority on China. In Bully of Asia, you'll find insightful and timely commentary on the economic and geopolitical rise of the People's Republic of China. You'll learn what China's aspirations for resurgence and hegemony mean for America and the free world. Bully of Asia is a must-read for anyone concerned about China's growing power and influence, and the threat of an increasingly aggressive and militaristic China poses to Western democratic values. To get your copy of Bully of Asia, go to bullyofasia.com. That's bullyofasia.com. Find out why China's dream is the new threat to world order. Bullyofasia.com. And now, back to The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. Well, I don't know if you're as energized as I am or as excited as I am on what I'm hearing today from our guest, Dick Lyles. It's just amazing all that I'm learning both about the film industry and about there are people out there who really want to do quality, who really want to raise our the human spirit to a higher, higher level. And um, that's Mr. Lyles and his company, Origin Entertainment. And he was just telling us about the Haley Scott story. But we only have a few minutes left, Dick, so you could... Tie up Haley and give us a, a lot of kind of previews of what's coming down the line. Well, we've got um, we've got the Panama Project, which is the heroic story of three shepherds and what they went through a um, hundred years ago in Portugal. Uh, we've got the Haley Scott story, which is the story of uh, Haley's unfortunate um, accident, bus accident, her freshman year in college when they told her she'd never walk again. And she ended up coming back and then had another unfortunate setback and then came back again and won her first meet back and ended up just being a tremendous inspiration to people all over the world. And then we have another one that's kind of interesting. It's a young adult uh, sci-fi thriller that takes place uh, several hundred years in the future where um, people have... um, designed a what they call a code, which is a way to alter people's genetic code so that they can live forever. Uh, the problem hmm. is that if they live forever, they end up giving up their free will. And oh. so um, it's an interesting story about a couple who has a faulty code and, and uh, decide they want to 
really question what's going on and question whether or not there is something better and there is a reason for mortality and uh, and there is a reason for, for free will. So it's, uh, it's a really, uh, for a young adult sci-fi thriller, it's kind of uh, thought-provoking and, and, and heavy, but it's a very exciting movie and it's part of a trilogy. So we'll film that later this year as well. And uh, then we have another uh, movie coming up that we've uh, developed a script for, it's based on a book uh, titled A Severe Mercy. A Severe Mercy is a World War II love story. It's actually a memoir written by Sheldon Van Aken about um, his love affair with his wife, Davy and what they went through. They fell in love just before World War II, went through World War II, and then subsequently um, had an amazing journey. And it's just its one of the best love stories ever told. It sold two million copies globally. Most people that have read it uh, sort of believe that it is the their favorite book of all time, and so mm. we're doing that project, and uh, we're looking at several others uh, as, as we speak as well. Um, but they're all going to be family friendly. They're all going to be inspirational. They're all going to be what we call transformative entertainment, which is uh, hopefully they'll make people they'll help our viewers feel better about themselves and better about the world around them as a result of having watched any of these projects. Well, Dick, I can't congratulate you enough. I, I mean, I think, you know, that when I heard about what you do, and I, I just got excited about it, because people that are committed to raise the human spirit, people that are committed to values, are the kind of people we need today. As you say, things are so negative everywhere we go, and we've got to really raise it up, get get some future about us. So, Thanks for showing up today. Thanks for the talk. Thanks for giving us the glimpse, the previews into what's going to happen. And listeners, you've been listening to the Mentors Radio Show. I'm your mentor host, Rick Burdico. We've been talking with Dick Lyles, teacher, consultant, author, CEO, movie maker of high-quality, high-purpose films. And if you like what you heard, you'll want to share it with your friends. And if you tune in late, you can hear this whole show, get the show notes and the links and more on our website, mentorsradio.com. We also are going to, you can go to thementorsradio.com and sign up to get the uh, Dick's book, Pearls of Percacity. And don't forget to like us on Facebook and Mentors Radio. See you there. This is Rick Brutico, your mentor host, signing off for this edition of The Mentors, reminding you to tune in again next week at the same time and on the same station. And remember, in every day, in every way, do your part to make our world a little better. It's been The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. To get more information about the program or a sponsor, to download a podcast of today's show, or to leave a question for our host, go to TheMentorsRadio.com. That's www.TheMentorsRadio.com. The preceding program, copyright CBJ, LLC. All rights reserved.